Hey everybody, welcome to the 21 Minutes or Less podcast. Today we are talking about the American Medical Association recognizing racism as a public health threat. And y'all already know, it's me, Keisha Milana. And I am Nakia Smith. And yeah, we about to get into this. So apparently racism is now a public health threat, which we have all known and been aware of. And it's amazing that it's finally coming to um become you know in the light to be able to see some changes I think it was awesome of whoever was in charge of the policy to adopt a new you know a new language to consider racism and I honestly think it's been because of uh, me and Nakia were just talking about this but because of social media and because of so many people now being able to hear have their stories heard about uh experiences where they were treated less than because they were black or they weren't receiving the same health care um as others because they were black or their needs weren't being met because they were black and you know those lawsuits start adding up the uh The bad press start adding up and that's when you start to see some change. So I honestly look forward to seeing more changes like this being put into the medical field. And I think it's super, super serious because like when you start changing policies and structural, that's when that systemic change starts to come. So it's like in order for this to even stop, to you know stop being so overwhelming for black people to experience this it has to be recognized first so i think they're doing a good job at just you know that first step of recognition and then we can go to next steps of how do we fix this um how do we prevent this and um how do we heal after it happens absolutely and when we talk about racism, we automatically just assume it's black people. But we also have to think about our brown brothers and sisters as well And when it comes to racism. And then you have to think about, you know, a lot of people that live in poverty, they can't afford health insurance. So that's another strike against them when they, you know, go to the hospitals, go to the doctors. It's like, am I still getting the same treatment as somebody else with insurance or as someone who, you know, is a Caucasian or, you know, Asian or anything of that nature? Like, am I still getting the same health care? Am I still getting the same treatment? Am I still getting the same, you know, medicines prescribed? Or are you giving me something totally different based off my class level or based off my skin color so yeah Yeah. and I think it's important too that they not only talked about um the AMA when I said they but the AMA not only talked about just race and the practice of medicine but also the research because a lot of times you know things affect people differently depending on their race or their skin color or it might just be some cultural things to where um for instance say if there was like you know a good medicine or cure for something like high blood pressure it might affect white people differently than black people just because of the stigmas or 
the perception of certain health issues. So it's important to do research to understand like, okay, if high blood pressure affects this community this way and we have the same treatments, but it affects this community way more then what other issues are there that's prevalent for why that community might be experienced anymore. That's why research is so important because it leads us to answers that can help, you know, with getting the um, actual cures and um, like the biologics of helping black people, but also just understanding how black people have stigmas against certain health issues. And I was recently doing some research just on my own, but it pretty much talked about how with systemic racism and the medical community, it has created a distrust for black people, um, especially within mental health, but Healthcare in general, it's all the same. Medical healthcare, mental healthcare, it's so important to be able to look at, okay, what's the stigmas in these certain aspects of healthcare and how do we fix it? Without having black people in your research, you're not going to know how to fix certain issues in a black community. You're not going to be able to give them some kind of vaccine because they're not going to take it because they got a stigma. So you got to really start to unbag a lot of things. And research is really the first step to getting more stuff into practice. So the fact that racism and research is also being looked at as a threat to public health, that's that's big because it's showing that, OK, we do need to include more black people in our research. If all the research is being done at these big 10 schools with predominantly white students, that means it's an even deeper issue. We need to get more black people into these schools with a lot of research going on so that they can be the ones getting research so that we can have better treatments and practices for them. So it's really, really deep. And I like that they addressed a lot of different um factors within it yes and speaking of racism you know there's different types of racism so you have systematic racism cultural racism interpersonal racism and i'm just going to describe the three so systematic racism is structural and legalized system that results in differential access to goods and services including health care services so we just spoke about that um when it came to you know, the healthcare industry. So cultural racism is negative and harmful racial stereotypes portrayed in culturally shared media and experiences. And we definitely see this when it comes to black people and how the media portray us in these negative lights. And you can even think about this as far as like movies and things are concerned as well. You know, we always get that slavery movie or <laughs> or something like that. And it's like, we want more. We want something that's going to be beneficial and for the culture. And then you have like interpersonal racism, which is implicit and explicit racial prejudice, including explicitly expressed racist beliefs and implicitly held racist attitudes and actions based upon a resulting from these pre prejudice. I know that was like a lot of words, <laughs> but yes, so those are the different types of racism and if you need to learn more, I would say Google is your best friend to look up these different types of racism to figure out have you ever been discriminated against and to understand what that looks like when you're interacting with other people, especially with something as serious as your health is concerned. 
Yeah, and these are really all intertwined because they trickle down because systemic racism, such as racism in the healthcare system or racism in the school system, prison system, wherever it is, that leads to cultural racism. So now you have these, um, many of the times, white people being biased or racist or discriminatory towards black people or people of minority people that are minorities because of the systemic racism that they've inherited as a part of being, you know, in the education system, prison system, or the medical system. And then that cultural racism that you start to believe and you're just pretty much going with the culture at this point is not even necessarily your fault unless you stay that way. But that trickles down to the interpersonal racism because then you start to believe the things that you've been taught in these systems and in your culture. And then it trickles down to how you actually interact with minorities and your own personal experiences. So to say that, imagine you got a, you know, a white affluent person who comes from a white background and maybe their white parents are white doctors, you know. They are already a part of a system where, let's be real, even years ago, it was probably a lot worse. Like this was, this just got recognized in June, 2020. It's 2020, (laughs) y'all. Racism been going on for hundreds of years. So imagine if you're from a white background where your parents are doctors and they have been pretty much brainwashed by the system to be racist and then they start to bring that home into their how they parent their kids and stuff now you uh implicitly racist or have implicit bias against certain groups and then you start to do it you in medical school now you looking after black clients and black patients or whatever and you're treating them differently unknowingly because of how you've been socialized So it's really, really dangerous because at this point, it's been so many generations of racist people um, since what? When do we get drug over here? 1400s? Like it's been so many generations that it's a part of the culture and the climate of like everyday living, even down to like police brutality and things like that. That still is tied to medical racism because if a police kills you and you're white, they're probably going to rush to dial 911, get you help as soon as possible. And then we see instances such as um, rest in peace, Brianna Taylor, where she was murdered on accident or murdered, you know, not being a target. And she still didn't receive help. No one called the ambulance. They actually told the ambulance to turn around when they got there. So she didn't receive the treatment that might have, you know, helped her to to be here. Because they didn't even care enough. They shot her and then left her there to die. And that's what happens to black people every single day. Absolutely. So I always say people die, but ideologies don't. Just meaning like if you come from a racist background or if your family was racist or you you come from a racist community, you may not think you're a racist but subconsciously, you may say or do something that may be offensive or racist to somebody else. So you always want to check yourself if you feel like this doesn't apply to me because you may say or do something that may offend somebody. And you was like, you'll be, be like, oh, that's 
that's what we always say or that's what we always do or that's just how I grew up. But you also want to be mindful of how that may affect someone else or other people around you. Absolutely. You have to consistently check on your biases and things of that nature. And I was actually watching this comedian. His name is Hari something. But he's really, really popular. And he's Indian. And he talks about race all the time. He has this documentary, not documentary, comedic stand-up or whatever called 2042. Pretty much talking about how about a year 2042, the white people are supposed to be minorities. And he was pretty much challenging that, like, how is being 49% of America a minority when the other 51 isn't the same? Like, it will only make the white people become the minority if the Indians, Mexicans, black people, everything else was one thing. So, it's just funny how even when looking at things like the uh, majority of the population, of the population's ethnicity, it's always looked at as like a, we're going to group everybody else besides white people together, like whites and the others, you know? I feel like that's really, really, really bad because it just perpetuates more polarized thinking instead of, okay, we all in this together. And also, I think a lot of white people that are poor need to understand that they have a lot more in common with minorities than other wealthier white people. Mm -hmm. So even though their skin color is the same, they're way of living is completely different you know i think that's super important because it's a lot of white people out here that ancestors were slave owners like it's a lot of white people out here who are connected directly not indirectly not just they white like they were directly connected to slavery and racism so, I want to know where some of these people are. I never hear no white people speaking up like, yeah, I'm a descendant of slave owners, and this is wrong, and this is why I feel like I'm the one who changing my family. Like, I've mm-hmm. never heard a white person with that narrative. Not saying they're not out there, but we need more white people to speak up and be like, yo, I come from this background of super racist stuff, because think about it. White people somewhere with the racist family generational past, they got pictures. You got pictures of slaves somewhere. Like, where is all this history? Like, you know, we, of course, get it in the books and all of that. But where is the white people really just talking about how wrong it was? It's like a secret. It's a secret, (laughs) yes. It's like, where is Nakia? Where is all the pictures of the slaves or the white people who own slaves? Like, nobody want to post that as a throwback. Like, yeah, my great-grandma was a slave owner. Because um, I feel like when you do stuff like that, people would think that you're being anti your family. Mm-hmm. And it's not being anti your family or shaming your family for being a part of it. But it's more so about showing that you've learned and you want to break the generational curses of racism in your family you know Mm -hmm. and then we also have to think about like the tuskegee incident oh yeah you know with the the men all the men that were affected and died and then you're not you have to also understand they had wives they had partners 
it affected the women too indirectly. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like I think black people always been a little iffy when it came to <laughs> health, the healthcare system. And with us learning about this pandemic and learning that there's a vaccine about to come out, we like, mm, uh-uh. Yeah, we don't even like, get flu shots. <laughs> we don't take nothing that if we not already doing bad, we feel like, well, why would I need this? Right. Like, even with the, uh, a few years ago, you remember that was really, really, really pushing that HPV vaccine? Mm. A lot of people wasn't messing with it because they like... Wait, I heard you can still get the cancer if you don't get the shot. So why even do it? Right. I feel like that's how black people are with a lot of stuff. It's like, if it ain't a problem, I'm not finna go and have to pay for it, you know? Because right. even when you don't get nothing from the doctor, you're doing perfectly well, you fine. You got to pay to get told you fine. So it's like, why would I pay for that when I don't even have the money for that? You know? Like, black people treat healthcare as if, it's a privilege, and in America, it really is. It's right. very, very expensive. So, how could you expect us to treat that as a priority when we got other priorities? Exactly, I totally agree. And I think women, especially, we definitely need to be careful with this birth control because you don't know how it, they don't really tell you the side effects of it. They don't tell you the side effects of it when it comes to conceiving they don't tell you really the side effects when it comes to your mental health i hear women all the time who say they on birth control and then they start suffering from depression you have to be mindful of like how these medicines are going to affect you i mean your doctor will tell you if you ask but they're not going to outright just tell you most of the side effects because at the end of the day it's a business they want to make money they want you on these products because it helps their bottom line at the end of the day. So always do your research on different medicines and things that your doctors prescribed you. Always know that you can get a second, third, fourth, fifth opinion. And if you can, reach out to holistic doctors to see what you can do naturally that doesn't affect you in a negative way. So there are different things that you can do to help yourself and help your family and others around you stay educated on things that can, you know, just affect you either positively or negatively. So always be mindful of those things. And remember that the doctors and the pharmaceutical companies are in cahoots. So <laughs> when they're prescribing you some medicine, if it's not absolutely necessary, try to see, like she said, if you can get a natural or holistic way because... Literally, a lot of times, they're literally just pushing prescriptions on us. Like, my doctor prescribed me some vitamin D. Granted, it was like $3 with my insurance. But for somebody else, that might have been like $10, $12, you know? And they could have went and got some for 5 bucks at the store. So, And it only had 6 pills. $3 for 6 pills. Mm-hmm. Somebody paid $12 for that that didn't have insurance. Like, that's expensive. And you could get a whole bottle of vitamin D at the store for 5 bucks. Right. So, you just got to be smart and be cognizant of you're always being sold to. Always. Even with the medical industry, it seems like a personable, I want to help you type of industry. But it's still a business. Absolutely.
So with that in mind, just take care of yourselves, love yourself, invest in yourself so you can be well. And invest in your black friends that want to be doctors, like support them, encourage them, motivate them because we need more black physicians, physician assistants, doctors, nurses, etc. Surgeons, uh, counselors, dermatologists, everything. And on that note, make sure y'all go follow us on 21 Minutes or Less pages on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Make sure you go to our YouTube, type in 21 Minutes or Less podcast, and then go follow our personal pages. Mine is at Keisha Milana. And mine is at Miss Butterfly 21, M-I-S-S. And we'll see y'all on the next episode. All right, bye.